Hey, it's so good to have you here and welcome to another episode of Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. Today we're featuring a conversation with three incredible students who have actually launched a wonderful organization called Prospect Student Ventures. We're actually partnering with them. As you might have heard, for this semester, they are official partners of the podcast. They are absolutely incredible. So what PSV or Prospect Student Venture does uh, is that they invest in Princeton's top student founders. They are, they are a venture capital organization here on the Princeton campus. It's a community of Princeton's top investors and builders. They provide grants to student founders and they do pro bono work for venture capital firms. And I had an incredible time talking to the three people who actually made this organization uh, a reality, starting it completely from scratch. And they shared a lot of fantastic tips on the podcast. As always, thank you so much for joining us. I'm your host, Ante Kashura, and please welcome Ayushi Shinha, Tinasha Handina, and Kelvin Yu. Well, we're so excited to welcome a team from an organization that's working with us on the podcast this semester from Prospects Student Ventures. So fantastic to be collaborating with different organizations on campus uh, this semester. We're trying to expand uh, the Tiger Ventures and Filtered podcast to, you know, things that's out- outside Target Lunch. So it's great to be working with PSV, with eClub as well. Uh, but well, let's jump into this uh, exciting conversation. Uh, I'm joined by three people today. So it's going to be interesting. This is the first time I'm hosting a four-way conversation on Zoom. We're really excited. Uh, so let's start with some intros. Uh, tell me, guys, where you're from, what are you doing, where are you at Princeton, uh, how did you get into entrepreneurship, very short bios, and then we'll get right into uh, talking about Prospects and Ventures. So maybe, Kelvin, do you want to start introducing yourself? Yeah, sounds great. And thanks so much for having uh, us on the podcast, Antic. Um, so yeah, I'm Kelvin. I'm a CS uh, junior at Princeton. Um, Really got into entrepreneurship my freshman year uh, when I came uh, to Princeton. I was I was originally an MAE major, uh, but pretty pretty quickly switched to coast after I realized um, all the cool things you could build with computer science. And Tanasha and I actually worked on a project together uh, freshman year, and that was my first endeavor, uh, like dive into entrepreneurship. And from there, uh, you know, learned about venture capital, the world of startups, um, and I actually took ended up, ended up taking a gap year uh, after my sophomore summer to work in Silicon Valley, uh, worked at a couple of startups, did, uh, did a couple of VC internships, and then now, um, yeah, back at school and um, doing, category, uh, doing category management at, at Italic, which is wow. a startup uh, based, in, based in LA. That sounds like a very intense resume. When did you take your gap year? I took it after my sophomore, uh, after my sophomore year. Okay. So I figured like, yeah, I, I, like the, the courses I was taking at Princeton were very theoretical and I, was, I didn't feel like I was learning what I wanted to. Uh, to like be able to you know facilitate a career in uh, venture or startups. So I took the year off to really um, hone in on uh, practical skills and also to discover like what I wanted to do um, after graduation. Yeah, I got you, Kelvin. Absolutely. I think that's that's what a lot of people say as well about you know courses, Princeton courses in general. So uh, I feel that. I, I ask about your year because you did so many things and I'm starting to feel bad as a freshman if I should already be somewhere up there or not yet. So, you know, it's good it's a sophomore year, so it's not as intense as I thought it would be. So <laughs> that's good. That's good. Uh, well, thanks, Kelvin. Fantastic to hear from you. Uh, Ayushi, do you want to tell something about yourself? Absolutely. A little bit about me. Um, I was born and raised in Tennessee, just graduated from Princeton um, in 2020, where I studied computer science. And now I'm on the product team at Nines. It's a startup based in Palo Alto, working on AI for radiology. You know, your question about when did I first get into entrepreneurship is a hard one. So I'll reframe a little bit. 
entrepreneurship has definitely been um, like a driving force throughout um, these last four years at Princeton. And I've really sought out experiences throughout the venture creation and, su and supporting, you know, student founders timeline. Um, most notably, I co-founded WellPower, which was an Uber for clean water filtration and distribution in East Africa um, with a couple, you know, students from Princeton. And then I really care about supporting student founders and um, increasing geographic diversity, particularly when it comes to venture capital. So sought out experiences through co-directing Tiger Launch, being a student fellow out Point 0.406 at VC out in Boston, um, and co-leading the Prince Entrepreneurship Club. So therefore, it made you know perfect sense having been having experienced I think entrepreneurship at all st stages of that timeline to then as a senior link up with Tanasha and Kelvin and say, hey guys, there's a gap here. Like, let's do something about that. Yeah, wow. This is so interesting. Wait, what did you do in Tiger Lounge, Ayushi? So I was actually co-director my sophomore year. And then before that, I was on the sponsorships team. So we actually took um, the year I co-directed, we actually took the competition international. Oh, wow. That is so exciting. So you're one of the, well, that's one of the activities they have on campus they spend a lot of time on. So that's very exciting that has kept up for, for this amount of time. Well, great to hear from you, Ayushi. And, you know, so happy that you're also in Tiger Lounge, which has started this very podcast. So uh, fantastic to have you here. And then, Tinashe, do you want to tell us something about yourself? Sure, absolutely. Uh, so I'm Tinashe. I am an international student. I was born and raised in Harare, Zimbabwe. And I think that kind of ties in really nicely to your question of like, what was your first entrepreneurial experience? I think to a certain extent, uh, when I think back to like where I grew up, I felt like, you know, just as a result of the economic situation, everyone had to be entrepreneurial in some way. Um, I mean, if you don't know, Zimbabwe has had like, I think, two economic crises. And so uh, people have had to learn to think quick on their feet. And so I think that was kind of like what spurred or got me thinking that I want to kind of endeavor into something entrepreneurial. Um, at Princeton, as Calvin mentioned, I met Calvin actually, I think my first day at Princeton at the welcome event for engineers. And we worked on our first project together. Uh, I've also been working with a bunch of student founders at Princeton, kind of like think through their ideas, particularly those who are, you know, thinking of doing something uh, in Africa, a lot of the African ideas. I've been sort of like talking to student founders and sort of like that's where my uh, interest in starting PSV also kind of came from. Uh, this idea of supporting student founders who are interested in emerging markets or markets that are, um, you know, outside of the United States as well. And so I felt like PSV was a great avenue to empower and support Princeton student founders in building bold, ambitious ideas on a global scale. Yeah. Wow. That's great to hear. I'm an international student as well. So that's wonderful to hear from another one. I'm from Poland, by the way, uh, if you guys don't know. So, uh, well, great to see other international students as well. Uh, well, I mean, guys, it's incredible to have you here. I have to say, you know, I'm very impressed with all of your journeys. Uh, and, you know, I want to talk to you a bit about prospects and ventures, because in the end, that's we want people to know a bit about this fantastic club. That's the person that you guys have started, which has been doing an incredible job. So, you know, I'm not sure who to direct this question to, maybe, maybe to Kelvin. Um, so what was your guys' um, inspiration for, for PSV? How did this whole thing uh, begin? When did you guys start? Uh, how did this whole thing play out? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I think it really started when we took a good hard look at uh, Prince's entrepreneurship ecosystem and compared it with other schools and just realized how big of a 
uh, how big of a difference there was uh, in, in Princeton versus these other schools. So for context, uh, Princeton is the only top 10 school without uh, a student-led VC club. And we felt like given the amount of interest in VC that we saw from our students um, and also for uh, Dr. Herjazi's class, which is, um, uh, I believe it's EGR 495, uh, the venture capital class, it has like a wait list of like 60 students every semester. People have to email him like months in advance to sign up. Uh, so we just saw like such a such a demand for uh, for learning about venture on campus that wasn't being addressed through any organizations, um, and that was that was one inspiration. And then the other was uh, we saw a funding gap within um, the ecosystem as well. And one of the other co-founders can touch on this um, a bit more, but essentially, like Princeton is also one of uh, the only top schools without um, a lot of institutional support for student founders when it comes to um, uh, allocating capital towards them. So I think uh, identifying those gaps was what led us to uh, initially think about what kind of organization could we create to support uh, student founders and people interested in VC in this respect. And so we started uh, you know, Prospect Student Ventures with really two goals. One was to democratize access to VC education. And we do this by one, working with uh, actual venture capital firms and angel groups to do projects such as due diligence, market research, so that students get a very hands-on experience working with real firms. Uh, and then we also bring in investors to do case studies once every two weeks, where we walk them, uh, where, where the investor presents on a specific investment they've made in the past. And then we'll actually have a team of students uh, prepare for that conversation beforehand by evaluating the startup as if they were that investor um, at the time, and then come to the conversation with reasons that they would uh, have invested or have not, or would not have invested. And then we have like a little friendly debate with VC. So that's what we do on the um, VC education side. And then we also raised um, a couple thousand, thousand dollars to uh, provide to student founders to support them in building their MVPs. Yeah, wow, that is fantastic. You already even covered, you know, the whole working process. So that's that's great. So I'm curious, uh, you know, I'm going to follow up on this, Kelvin, then, uh, because you mentioned how you were trying to somehow impact the uh, entrepreneurship scene at Princeton. Uh, and, you know, we had a bunch of founders here on this podcast, actually, talking about uh, how things have changed, you know, throughout the years and what they're seeing now, you know, with things like this podcast happening, with what you guys are doing, you know, alumni from previous years. Uh, you know, you've been in Princeton for a while. How do you see... Do you think the, the entrepreneurship scene in Princeton has changed for all the time that you've been here and through the impact like the clubs like this? Yeah, absolutely. I think um, every single year I'm amazed at how many, um, how, how, how many new people are interested in entrepreneurship and participating in clubs like PSV. Um, I think when I was a freshman, I, one thing that um, I was kind of disappointed in when I came to Princeton was that a lot of people um, had the mentality of like, uh, just like working hard in their classes and then um, and then like just chilling afterwards. Uh, I didn't see a lot of people working on side projects um, like you would maybe see at Stanford or Harvard. And so um, I think as I've uh, you know progressed through the years, uh, being sophomore, gap year, uh, junior, I've started to see a lot more students working on side projects. And I think part of that has to do with um, entrepreneurship and just like tech and startups becoming um, more culturally seen as cool. And um, you know we see the success of all these. Uh, all these alumni and um, also just like technology companies broadly, um, like Elon Musk is now, you know, super, super famous and people look up to him. So I think just people like that, having a role model is, is super important. 
Yeah, absolutely. That sounds great. Thank you, Kelvin. Uh, so I'm going to move to uh, Ayushi, maybe. Maybe you can tell us, well, you guys founded a VC club. So I assume if you want to do something VC, then you need to have, you know, funding for it. So how was this process like? When did you, you know, guys started looking for funding and what were some of the ways that ended up being efficient? That's a great question. And I do think a lot of our learnings for fundraising can be applied not to just other students looking to raise their own sort of um, funds for VC, but honestly, student founders themselves as well. So I think the first thing that we did is we put together a couple different draft presentations and we got a lot of feedback from trusted advisors. For example, we reached out to someone like Amit Mukherjee who has seen a lot of pitches. He's, so, he's a VC at NEA, right? And so he's seen a lot of good just like pitches. He's also seen, I think, the other side where you've had to pitch two LPs and actually raising the money. And so the biggest, I think, um, advice that we would give is in going about that fundraising process, start early and get feedback early on. And it's so okay to say, hey, look, this is an idea we have. We're wanting your feedback on how to best present this. What's most compelling? What are you not convinced by? To ask those sorts of questions. Um, and to really get a lot of people's feedback early, but also to get feedback from people who like have experience and also are your target audience, right? For example, we reached out to a lot of people who were Princeton alumni because those were the sort of people we ended up fundraising from. We reached out to a lot of people who were angel investors because those were a lot of the sort of like target audience, right? And so you wanna really think about the personas, like who is most likely to give you money for this and then go get advice from people like who are like them first. I would say as a close proxy. Um, I think overall, we definitely started in March 2020. It's like when we first kind of had these conversations, like beginning of Corona. Um, and so technically started fundraising um, and kind of from there. And again, because the first part of that was very much like fundraising with a lot of error bars and with a lot of in quotes, because it was mostly getting feedback. Tinasha, you want to go ahead? Uh, I'm, I'm hope I understood your question, which was after people reach out to like, what's the persona of the people who are willing to give? Um, I'm going to like try answer that. And I guess she's not correcting me otherwise. So I'll go with that. Um, you know, I think this is a very sort of like important, um, sort of like point to raise wherein the support we got from alumni was very very instrumental to what we're able to do and kind of going back to your earlier question with uh like what has happened over the past few years that like you know looking back has enabled Princeton entrepreneurship to go forward I think you know more and more alumni are being more involved with Princeton entrepreneurship and being very very helpful in like advancing the agenda of like various clubs and organizations so on PSV side as Calvin mentioned we have case studies and last semester a ton of alumni came back who were involved in venture and spoke and gave um, sort of like and gave, and gave uh, sessions where they went through investments they'd made and we engaged in conversation with them. Uh, in terms of the persona, I think alumni did kind of form the bread and butter of whom we reached out to for advice, for, you know, help in thinking through this idea. And Princeton as well. And Princeton has been a uh, has been helpful in getting this off the ground, especially through the Office of the Vice Dean of Innovation. Uh, so they, and there's been a Daily Princetonian article just came out, uh, wherein, you know, they gave us the money to start kick th to kick things off for the first three years. And we're very excited for 
the help that has come through there. So Professor Rod Priestley, who is the Dean of Innovation at Princeton, has been very instrumental in, you know, giving us feedback, in uh, helping us find a home at Princeton. And, you know, those separate entities, those entities have been helpful uh, in getting PSV off the ground. Yeah. Wow, but it is fantastic that you guys have fundraised during Corona. Wait, am I right? You have created the whole club Wow, wow, that is a fantastic job. Was that challenging? Tinashe, I'm going to direct this question to you as a follow-up again. Uh, do you think that was more challenging uh, during the COVID times, as in, you know, meeting with people who might be able to help you, or did you somehow take the benefit of that? Uh, I'll say there are benefits and there are drawbacks, right? Uh, I'll start with the benefits. I like to think of myself as an optimistic person. Uh, the benefits are... Uh, you have the opportunity to engage in conversations with otherwise really busy people or people who are in different parts of the world or different parts of the country. So if someone, so over uh, the summer I was at Princeton, Kelvin was on the West Coast um, and Ayushi was in, I think, Tennessee. Um, but we were able to kind of meet, we were able to connect and we were able to connect with alumni who have done really impressive things and are otherwise really busy. So an example is um, uh, Mr. Jeff Wilkie, who was Amazon's global head of, uh, I think the, consu- the head of consumer um, processes at Amazon. And they were able to make uh, times on their schedules for us. And I think that was the benefit of this like new world order, so to speak. The idea that people are more comfortable taking virtual meetings they're more comfortable to just set, set aside 30 minutes, an hour to hear you out, to help you out. Um, that was definitely a huge plus. Uh, but then there is the huge backdrop and the kind of more to the negatives of, you do understand that, you know, people have a lot more going on because of the times you're in, right? So it may be very difficult to get a hold of someone or emailing people, you might not get the uh, as quick a response as you would like. And so maybe that's, that's like the overarching kind of drawback, the fact that, you still are existing in very difficult times and you have to navigate that. But there were sort of like potential, you know, upsides to this that, you know, would not have existed had we tried to do this maybe two years ago, three years ago. Yeah, absolutely. But I mean, congratulations to you guys. Uh, that's uh, an amazing job, I have to say. Uh, well, so uh, coming back to you, Kelvin, uh, I wanted to shift us a bit uh, from the funding side uh, because, well, I assume, you know, to build such an organization, you also had to establish uh, quite a decent team and well I mean you guys are super cool I assume you guys get along pretty well so uh, I can tell how it worked out uh, but how did you uh, approach you know um, collecting less of the people to to build uh, prospects to adventures and uh, you know coming from that what are some of the hints that you have for people who maybe are working on establishing similar um, organizations uh, what kind of tips would you uh, give them uh, when they're thinking of how to you know look for teammates and build an efficient team yeah, absolutely. Um, so there is a, I think there's a saying somewhere in, uh, in Silicon Valley where it's like um, uh, 90% of a CEO's job is to, is to recruit. And I think that's so true um, for not only, you know, startups or companies, but also for um, student clubs that have ambitions uh, such as ours. Like talent is really everything. And um, I am personally so thankful that uh, I was able to, you know, meet Ayushi and Tanache in my present journey and co-found this with them because they've been amazing partners. Uh, and once we like figured out our vision for the club and like what kind of skill sets we were looking for and, and like backgrounds we were looking for in terms of who to who would be a good fit uh, to to join us in this journey, 
you know, we just like reached out to the Princeton entrepreneurship community, various listservs, um, and like just, you know, advertise what we were doing. And I think we were able to get um, a really great applicant pool in part because there was such a demand for something like PSB at Princeton. So every student who was interested in venture or um, like learning more about it, uh, you know, applied to PSV. And so from that, we were able to assemble a really great team of people from basically every single continent um, with backgrounds from MAE to coast to, um, you know, uh, what do you, uh, <laughs> sorry, for, for, uh, what's the new major called? Uh, to, to politics. International public <laughs> yeah, affairs. Yeah, international policy. Um, and, and uh, yeah, I think what we with the, the way that we uh, structured our club initially was we had, we, we tried to run it like a venture capital firm. So we had general partners, then we had principals and then associates. Um, and then this, maybe this is a topic for, uh, for later. We actually changed uh, that structure second semester. Um, but initially the people that we were looking for to fill at least like the leadership roles of general partner were folks who had previous startup and venture experience and knew how to evaluate companies and also had a um, very wide ranging network campus to uh, facilitate deal flow for the club. Yeah, absolutely. And Ayushi, you want to add something? Yeah, I was going to add one thing. I think our recruitment process as well as our um, interview process was very thought through. So we didn't just talk to people. Like, of course, you know, we want to work with people we love, of course, but we actually like very much wanted to Ha give people the option to like do a take-home assignment, for example, because we thought that more directly reflected the sort of day-to-day -day activities rather than like show up for like a 30-minute, you know, interview. Um, of course, both are important, but I did want to flag that and to say that like traditional sort of um, interview processes for college clubs may not, I think, be the best fit or maybe only part of the story when sort of other students are thinking about starting these clubs on their own campus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. That's so interesting. And well, I can tell, you know, as a freshman coming into Princeton, I think there's more and more clubs doing, you know, some sort of a take home assignments. So, well, you guys might be very influential on campus more than you think. <laughs> and well, we hope, you know, with the podcast, we'll also be able to spread the word out a bit uh, to for people to hear about Prospects and Adventures as well uh, and hopefully join. Uh, but I usually I will ask you one more question since uh, we're on that as well. Um, what do you think was the best, like the biggest obstacle you have encountered, you know, through founding uh, PSV? What do you think was the most challenging thing? Ooh, the most challenging thing. So I think architecting the educational part of this was incredibly challenging for a couple of reasons. So for our audience, our educational part of PSV um, has a couple of components. First, we wrote a venture capital guidebook that is just like, basics, here's how we scale learning. But the second part was really hard to architect because at its, I think, um, sort of when done perfectly, I think, I personally think, and I think Tinashe and Kelvin would agree that venture capital is best taught through an ap apprenticeship model, right? That's why you see a lot of VCs such as like Bessemer, right? Have a whole analyst program because they recognize that pairing kids right out of school with like some of the top investors is how these up and coming VCs learn best. So we ran into a problem because part of our mission was to break down these knowledge barriers and to scale learning, right? VC right now is a really opaque industry and not everyone gets the opportunity to like be paired with the best like top 10 investor. So we were like, how do we teach venture capital um, sort of through an apprenticeship model with this huge constraint of scale? Because again, 
our objective was um, to be inclusive, right? So I think that was the hardest thing in coming up with that. And so what we um, came up with, and of course, this is still being tested, is that we would bring in um, a venture capitalist every week and rotate it with us sort of like working on our own cases. The reason why it took us, I think, a lot of thought um, and a lot of revising of this, why it was so hard, was because no one's really done anything like this. Um, right. Typically, it's like, OK, go to a talk. But those are all like one directional communication. If you really want the apprenticeship model to work, you have to make sure that the students who are learning get direct feedback on their work. And so those were a lot of um, the considerations that we really thought through in architecting the learning part of this, because, again, by no means are we telling people to drop out of school. By no means are we saying don't take the entrepreneurship classes. What we're saying is this is just another form of learning and one that more mimics or parallels what you'll find in the real world. And so in order to do that in a college setting, we really had to think about um, yeah, how do we scale, but also keep elements of that apprenticeship model. And I think um, at least from like the design aspect of PSV, that was the hardest, at least I think in my opinion, because everything else, right, is just like send enough emails or like if you ask enough people, like you will raise the money, right? If you, unless you have a terrible idea and PSV is a great idea. So <laughs> we knew if we just asked enough people, we would raise the money, right? I think that's typically people's like go to like, oh, it was so hard to raise money. It wasn't easy to raise the money, but that was a very tractable problem. No one had really done what we did in terms of architecting this education model, though. So that's why I think it was the hardest. Yeah, no. And well, I can see you really, really in your advice because you mentioned how we don't advertise dropping out. And well, I can see you guys are all still, you know, in school. Kevin is like two minutes away from me down the campus. Uh, so, you know, I'm glad you guys are keeping up with school as well. Uh, that's that's great. Uh, and Tinashe, if uh, I can ask you now. Um, you know, coming up from the obstacles, I wanted to know, uh, well, first of all, if you could tell us a bit about the, how the structure of the organization has changed, as Kelvin mentioned, uh, when, when he was talking, if you could walk us through that, uh, and, you know, on the same note, what was the thing that, um, the most important things that you have learned through your involvement in Prospects and Ventures? Absolutely. I think I will kind of, uh, walk through the structure first and then kind of go towards the learnings. Um, and I think this is a very important like learning point in general. I think one of the things that we try to do and we continue to try to do is, you know, get feedback from club members, get feedback from stakeholders on how we're doing, on how we're meeting, you know, the organizational objectives that we set for ourselves and seeing and try to learn what we can do to course correct so that we can achieve uh, what we set out to achieve in a more efficient manner. And so at the end of last semester, we had this reflective exercise with our club members where we wanted to understand, you know, for them, having been part of Prospect Student Ventures for the past semester, you know, what did they feel they could gain more of or get more of? And, you know, what could we do to make the experience better? And we came up with the structure wherein we now have uh, more or less two wings of Prospect Student Ventures. So we have... Uh, the investments wing and we have the special projects wing. So, so Calvin leads up the investments wing and I kind of lead up the special projects wing. And with special projects that kind of encompasses what Ayushi was just talking about, we have our case study sessions wherein venture capitalists come in and we engage in thoughtful conversation with them. Uh, we also have something that Calvin mentioned earlier wherein we engage with venture capitalists in the real world uh, helping them, you know, perform due diligence or understand new markets that they're trying to invest in or new companies that they're considering. 
you know, more or less kind of engaging very critically with the more educational competence of the organization. Um, this was as a result of the realization that club members really felt that they needed some sort of grounding or focus for the semester. Uh, you know, if they were kind of to be invested, uh, be invested in the investment side of Prospect Student Ventures, that is working with student founders on Princeton's campus, engaging with them, uh, helping them build up their ideas. Our members felt as though they needed, you know, a, a set period of time in which they would kind of engage with that part of Prospect Student Ventures and shift gears if need be the next semester to the more outward focused or like venture capitalist focused part of Prospect Student Ventures. So that's kind of like how we kind of came up with the structure. It's like splitting it up into, uh, you know, very specific and directed sub teams uh, as a result of the reflection that we had from uh, our club members. And I think this kind of leads very well into the key learning that you just asked, like, what have I learned kind of taking out of this? I think, um, you know, one, I think just be very thoughtful, obviously, uh, when you're thinking of a new venture, about the structure of the organization, how the organization will work. But also be very, uh, be equally ready to admit that you don't know everything and that you will need to adjust as is necessary. Be very flexible to the needs of the organization and be willing to ask yourself the very difficult questions of what you're doing wrong or what could be done better. That only enables the organization to grow to grow further and to achieve whatever objective you set for yourself in the beginning. Yeah, thanks, Nyashe. Uh, and well, slowly wrapping up, uh, well, you guys have shared a lot of very interesting advice, I think, from the people for, who are listening. But, you know, as we're wrapping up, uh, I have two questions for uh, each one of you. Uh, first of all, what are our plans for the future? Because, well, you guys already are doing an incredible stuff. Uh, but I think listeners will be very interested to see what are your future plans and uh, how can they follow you along the way. Uh, and if you have any other one last tip that you would want to share with people who are listening who might be you know, thinking of starting similar projects, feel free to share it as well. Kelvin? Oh, what are my plans for the future? The, the million and potentially billion dollar question. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, I think my I, I one person I really look look up to is uh, is Peter Thiel, and so um, I think high level what I want my career path to look like is I'm kind of in his footsteps, like first operator slash founder, and then investor, and then eventually policy. Um, but I think more more tangibly, like right after graduation, um, what I what I really care about is. Um, lowering the cost of uh, accessing goods and services for individual people. I really love consumer, uh, like B2C and B2B to C businesses for that reason. Um, and like, I'm currently working at a company called Italic, which um, connects, uh, it allows consumers to buy uh, luxury products directly from the manufacturers that make, um, you know, the same like bedding or fashion for luxury brands. And so um, basically it cuts down the cost of accessing high quality goods um, by like 50 to 80 percent and so that's like a mission that I really love and um, I think like finding a company like that to to work for right after graduation like probably C to series B uh, would be my my target um, in terms of something that I want to share uh, for students thinking about something similar I think um, you know the themes that uh, Tanasha and Yushi touched on earlier uh, in terms of like being adaptable and having short feedback uh, loops is super super important not only for um, you know structuring the education side for student founders or for for students like making sure that um, they're getting a, like really quick feedback on their work 
but also um, you know, quick designing quick feedback loops for yourself and learning about like what's working with your organization, what's not, um, is also really important. Like for example, uh, we basically changed the entire club structure from first and second semester, and our fundraising deck also like completely changed from version one all the way up to like version ten. So um, just like be a sponge, uh, always seek the truth, and um, be adaptable. Yes, thank you, Ayushi. What a great ending line. Rule of three, so catchy. I think you're going to be the new Paul Graham on Twitter. If he's listening, he <laughs> needs to watch out. Um, anyways, yeah, I guess two, two questions in there, right? What do I want to do? And then just any other advice? Um, you know, for me, a common theme that's been sort of a driving force really throughout any project or really any decision that I have decided to pursue is sort of like motivation to like expanding access to blank or increasing access to blank. Previously, that's been clean water. Previously, that's been VR accessibility, music education. Right now, it's increasing accessibility to the best, like the highest quality radiology reads. In the future, I could see it really expanding to be like financial inclusion, whether I start my own company in the space or maybe even, um, you know, venture capital. I care a lot about geographic diversity, something that I um, really found to be so motivating about Tiger Launch, right? Was that like, we go to these frontier schools. It's not like all about the, the coasts. There's so much incredible innovation happening. And we see that a lot with COVID now, really accelerating that trend. Um, so yeah, again, a common thread throughout all that is like increasing access to blank. The blank for me changes because I get a lot of energy from new experiences and just like learning about new things. Um, so that's, I guess, the first answer. In terms of just, I guess, other closing thoughts, love the short feedback loops. Um, and to, I guess, piggyback off of what Kevin was saying is, you know, think about what's going well and what's not. I have, you know, really thought about what's a good framework to do that. And I could not more highly recommend, like during the, any ideation project process or when you go out and pitch, right? Like we really thought about what would the haters say? What would the critics say? And I'm not even kidding guys, regardless of whatever product you're working on, if you're raising a fund, if you're like starting a company, even if you're just like trying to like propose an idea, like think about putting yourself in the shoes of someone who's gonna push back write down what you think people will say and just like have responses ready so you are like less likely to be caught off guard because the most awkward thing is when you're trying to convince someone of anything right and they ask you a question that's not really in your favor and you like have no idea how to respond so definitely keep like a running list while you're through throughout that like process and afterwards i highly recommend like retroing um, I'm a big fan of just like writing it down. Maybe other people who are listening are more like auditory, auditory list, um, you know, sort of learners. And in that case, like talk through it with someone, but like what went well, what didn't, what would you change in terms of broad brushstrokes? Those are like two, I think, related pieces of advice that I think are really helpful for anyone trying to start something like this. Yeah. Wow. Thanks. This is, this is great advice. Thank you so much. Uh, Tinashe, do you want to share yours? Absolutely. So uh, two questions are, what do I want to do? And, you know, any piece of advice for the people listening? Um, you know, I think for me, when I think about the things that get me going and get me excited, uh, I'll kind of put them into two separate buckets. So first being, you know, work in emerging markets. Um, I just find that to be particularly meaningful, uh, given my background, given where I'm from, like just these places with so much potential to grow and develop. Um, 
and I'm really excited to kind of see, um, you know, any sort of innovation in that space. And, you know, the, I understand that kind of spans a wide range of like industries from finance to like healthcare, but, you know, I'm just very, very interested and invested in that sort of space. And then the second uh, sort of like bucket, which many people often think is separate from the first, but I like to find ways in which it's not, is emerging tech. Um, finding, you know, new technology and understanding what it does and, you know, what cool, uh, you know, businesses can come out of that. And, you know, finding sort of like intersections between those two is really amazing. So, uh, you know, seeing how AI can be used to improve healthcare access in Africa, for example, that's an example of like emerging tech and emerging markets that is really exciting and is something that I'll, um, you know, will be potentially interested in. Um, in terms of like uh, advice for the listeners, um, you know, kind of going off of what both Ayushi and Calvin mentioned earlier, I think, um, you know, the first group of people you work with are critically important to uh, the success of whatever project or venture you're, you're working with. And Calvin and Ayushi are absolutely the best you could ever work with. Um, and so, um, you know, I think, you just just making sure that you know whoever you're working with at least the very first people you're working with just you know you work together well um you know you have a very good rhythm a very good sort of like way of getting about things uh i think that is going to be very important as well yes thanks nashra and well these are the three founders of Prospects U Ventures. So excited to be meeting you guys. Really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, if our listeners want to listen more, uh, know a bit more about Prospects U Ventures, you can visit psv.vc. Uh, it's a fantastic organization that we're so excited to be working with throughout the semester. And thanks so much, guys, for your time. We're going to be watching you uh, closely, you know, besides PSV. You guys have fantastic careers in front. Uh, so, uh, yeah, thanks so much for being on the show. Thanks, guys. And before we say goodbye, two announcements. Firstly, we have launched our new Instagram page. We did run into some troubles with the previous one, which unfortunately got hacked. So make sure to follow us on our new one. It's going to be absolutely awesome. It's at TigerVentures-Unfiltered. And the second announcement, if you're a Princeton student listening to this and you have a startup idea, make sure to check your email and check the website of Tiger Lounge because we are running our annual pitch competition. So if you have a startup idea, um, make sure to check it out. You might receive some incredible funding from Tiger Lounge to make your idea happen. Thank you so much for tuning in into Tiger Ventures Unfiltered. This episode of the podcast was brought to you by Tiger Lounge, as well as our incredible partners, Prospect Student Ventures and Princeton Entrepreneurship Club. To learn more about the people who make this show possible, make sure to visit tigerlounge.com, psv.vc, and princetonecub.com.